Gentlemen, you realize what we've found. Who knows what waits for us in nature's no man's land? Those hands and those eyes! You've got to do something about it! You've got Baffling questions, astounding questions. Earthly or unearthly? Is it human or inhuman? In the backwoods and swamps of Arkansas, Arkansas, there is a legend of something terrifying. Y'all going camping? I guess you could say that. We're looking for the Boggy Creek creature. But when you search for a legend, <laughs> you may not like what you find. <laughs> because it may be coming. Anybody there? When you least expect it. First, there was the cult classic, Legend of Boggy Creek. Now, the legend ends where the terror begins in Boggy Creek 2. Welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. As usual, we are brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. This week, we have another MST3K alum called Boggy Creek 2, and the legend continues from 1985. And uh, Which, right off the bat, I, as soon as I saw the title come up, I'm like, so... The Legend Continues is another movie that is featured in this one. It's like Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues. Right. Yes. Are these it's two a t- movies rolled into one? I don't know. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and I will. I mean, I guess opening thoughts on this one. Had either of you seen the MST3K dub? I know we haven't seen the original before this. Nope. And I wrote, there's a Boggy Creek 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no. There, there's another Boggy Creek too, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Artie just posted yeah. all the competence from the very title. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I realize about the last thirty minutes or so, um, because this movie seems to be divided up into acts. Yes. Um, Agreed. The third act, basically, uh, once once they w- once we get to that point, I'll, I'll I'll point it out. But I realized then I was like, "Whoa, wait! Now this looks familiar." And then I realized, ah, I have seen the MST three K version, but only like that last chunk. That's all I've seen because I do not remember anything before that. Gotcha. So I do remember it's it's with the intro, it's the late introduction of the third act character. Yes, that's when it hit. Oh, me. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have seen this, but only that section. Just mentioning that character just made uh, made Adina's uh, fingers. No, no. Look, look the- he he. I actually appreciated him quite a lot. So you, Fair we'll talk about what okay. pissed me off about this movie most. <laughs> 
Okay, well, just jumping right into it then, we open on probably the derpiest font in any movie we've yet covered on this podcast. (laughs) It's like 90s Nickelodeon summer camp TV show font. It's like cartoony, Boggy Creek 2, and the legend continues. And it's it's like why you know it's like I can understand if like they were showing a sign and someone bumped the camera. Right. <laughs> These are titles, yeah, that have to be superimposed onto the film. How the hell does this happen? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, and uh, along with this, we have no opening music. It's just nature sounds, wildlife, the swamps of uh, this Arkansas. Is it Arkansas? It's Arkansas. <laughs> Did you know? Did you know? No kidding. Did you know? This, show, this movie takes place in Arkansas. I had no idea. Huh. I, it's a little known fact. But a little hard enough. You can figure it out. You are just so much more detail-oriented than me. I, I would know, never have guessed. I just... I, what can I say? It's so, the little things. <laughs> so, as we get our sunrise over this bog, we have the opening narration. How would you? Because we get this throughout the film. How would you describe this? It reminded me very much of like a Jacques Cousteau sort of narration, right? It's very it's much exactly, the documentary it's, it's a style. Documentary. Yeah, it's nature documentary. You have the the soothing voice of ah, oh, as the sun rises over the marsh, we see the birds flying across. Blah blah. blah that's exactly blah. right. Mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's and a, that's what the opening narration is. Yeah. That's what I, and, it is. That's all they're saying is just look. This is a this is a swamp, and look at all the animals and the sun rising. Isn't it pretty? It was like mutual of Omaha. Isn't nature wonderful? Right. The... It has nothing to do with the actual movie. None. Just look at this landscape. Isn't it lovely? Things happen. Life. Ah, nature. And the entire movie is just intercut with these sequences, which put your two cents in as far as this goes. But when I think of the title itself, yeah, it strikes me very much as a an exploitation horror movie. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And so to have this intercut with these little narrations as well as the very, the folky music accompanying it, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a tone killer. Yeah. Because we do have horror elements in this movie. There are scares that happen. Right. But it's a really strange dynamic. And I I can't necessarily fault it because it's not necessarily a bad thing. I get what they're trying to do with the ultimate intent of the film. But it's a strange mix, especially when you see the two back-to-back, the extremes. No, absolutely. So we have this opening narration. We see this uh, cute little deer swimming, swimming, swimming through the, through the pond or wherever the fuck. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> just fucking killed right in front of us. Oh, yeah. That's my point. It, it's, we have this nice, smooth, like, nice Bob Rossi-sounding motherfucker talking to us about nature and all that shit. For like two minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's like two minutes long, this, these opening, this opening montage and, and narration and all that stuff. And then we cut to the deer who's just trying to get across the water. Right. And we see these bubbles come up from behind it, and then it gets pulled under and mutilated. Yep. And honestly, maybe this is a plus to them, but it looked like they were actually drowning and killing that deer. It looked real. It yeah. Looked, it, it looked, looked really very real. real. And I didn't like that at all. No. I didn't either. It, if they, I wrote, they killed the deer. That deer better have been fake. Yeah. I, mm, I really don't think it was. <sighs> Just because it gets decapitated. Yes. Yeah. So the, what happens is is that after we see the, the deer go under and there's a struggle and then we see blood and stuff coming up from the water, then the monster of the movie, which is like this Bigfoot-looking thing, mm-hmm. 
comes up out of the water dragging the deer body behind him, but the deer head is still floating in the middle of the water. Uh. And then that's it. That's the opening sequence. Cut to big tonal shift because we go to a high school football game. Oh, this is college. College. Just kidding. We cut to a college football game. It's just noise, noise, noise. Crowds cheering. You can't hear one fucking thing this entire scene. We cut to our main character, Dr. Lockhart, and Mm -hmm. he's contacted by one of his students, whose name is Tim, during the game. And it's just a big sequence of whispers. What? <laughs> okay. Go for it. First of all, because I wrote this down, because so Tim, if that is indeed his real name, and I'll get That's to that in a minute. Name, yeah. Tim. We'll get to that in a minute. So he gets this phone call, which clearly he needs to go find this doctor in the middle of this college football game where people are going freaking nuts. Okay. So we've already said it's super loud. And he's like, well, how am I going to find this guy in 75,000 people? So he goes to the stadium, which clearly is right across the street and he immediately finds him. And then the doctor whispers to some other woman whispers. Okay. It's like this game of telephone that happens. Okay, so then he whispers to this other person, and then she goes and whispers to another woman, and they're like, and it, there's no sense of urgency what whatsoever from the first telephone call, which sounds like Dr. Lockhart really needs to get his shit in gear and get going. There's no sense of urgency, but they play a, basically a game of telephone right. to get out, and then they don't leave. Like, it looks like they don't leave no, until the game even, is over. Because even when Tim whispers to the professor, and he's like, oh, okay. And then he leans over and whispers to the girl. After he whispers to her, he turns back, continues watching the game, and starts cheering again. Yeah. So he's obviously not going anywhere. Right. There's no sense of urgency. And why would you whisper? You would yell. Because you can't hear a whisper with 75,000 people cheering for college well, football. Well, I mean, you know, they're just true... Razorback fans. <laughs> so it's this big sequence of whispering from you know one the person. Razorbacks. <laughs> it's a big sequence of whispering from one person to the next, and I guess it's our way of establishing the characters, the, the different students. I love you so much, Zip. Talking about the Razorbacks. <laughs> the college football team, the Razorbacks. Are they from Arkansas? <laughs> How did you know? What? And speaking of, uh, we, we cut to Dr. Lockhart later on in his office, and he puts his hat, oh he, I guess he just staples his hat to his head, because he never takes it off for the rest <laughs> of the fucking movie. never takes it off. <laughs> it is always on. What does it say on it? I can't remember what's, it says something. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like the name of a place, I think. Is it Arkansas? <laughs> it you know what? You're right. <laughs> yes. That's what the hat says. The hat says Arkansas. That must have been what clued me in earlier. Your memory is fantastic. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, yeah, he staples this hat to his head, and he never takes it back off again. We, we find out that their mission is to bring, basically, Bigfoot to the public. Basically, to prove that Bigfoot is real. Yes. Right. And they call it the Boggy Creek Monster, similar to Sasquatch, similar to Bigfoot. I'm not calling it the Boggy Creek Monster my entire, this entire review. <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. He grabs his, and they stress this, his best students... His best students. Mm-hmm. And then some other chick that's just Tanya's friend, <laughs> Leslie. 
yeah. So it's it's Tim and Tanya and Leslie. So yep. yeah. So they leave to go into the woods to go find Bigfoot, and we get more narration. And this is where I I don't think it's very clear where we are during this narration. Uh, well, yeah, because <laughs> it's it um, Oklahoma. <laughs> I wrote him. No, it's it's uh, in this particular area. Um, it's it's it's, in the United it's States. special because of its relation uh, in proximity yeah. to um, of a uh, an area called um, uh, uh, Texas. Yeah. And um, Texas, and the, pla- the, where, the place where they live, which is, what, Arkansas? Arkansas. Arkansas? What, okay. what, Arkansas? And uh, also, because of its proximity to uh, this other place, it has a really long name. Um, Texarkana. Louisiana? <laughs> Louisiana. Is yeah. that right? Louisiana? Oh, my God. Louisiana. Louisiana. Seriously. Louisiana. I, I wrote, is this a geography Lux, lesson? Lux, or, yeah, Luchador. Luch, um, so, yeah, so it's something special about those three places yeah. that they that all have in common with this particular area that they're going to. I can't do it anymore. Texarkana. Oh, my God, you guys. Seriously. It's like, seriously, a minute-long monologue about Texarkana. Right. And why they are going there. Why right. Why it's important. Oh, my the God. Narrative. And why it's called Texarkana, because it's in the corner of Arkansas next to Texas and Louisiana. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> and you know what? I don't think I would have been so pissed off. Which, at this <laughs> point, I started go. you know, if I was anywhere near this guy, I would just start saying, Arkansas, just to piss him off. <laughs> because not only is it, 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 it's almost borderline condescending, but this guy's delivery borderline? is just, is horrible. His his delivery is horrible. What, in the narration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in this, I mean, he's he's our in main general. character in general. He is in just general. Okay, well, I, I didn't really have too many problems with the narration itself. It just he read it like he's like he's writing a Robert Piercing novel. It, it's, <laughs> it's 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 really strange. It just again, it, it's like he's talking about life and and philosophy and all kinds of nature bullshit, well, which he does. Yes, when when we're having the 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 nature documentary aspects, yes, that is how he talks. But if he's Giving any kind of exposition or important information, I'm air quoting so hard, <laughs> to either the other characters in the story or during the narration to the audience, he is mansplaining. He is mansplaining, and it comes across that way so hard. Oh, my God. That- Ladies, this movie. Oh, you have no idea. You just wait. Just, just you, wait. you wait. So they stop at a local shop just to... Pick up some supplies. I think guns or ammunition. Ammunition. Yeah. Ammunition. And the locals don't believe him. They're like, "Huh, you're looking for the Boggy Creek creature? Uh, good luck. And Maybe you know, we'll find Santa Claus with muscles. I don't know. Something. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Jack. No, this is, this is where they make the association that with Bigfoot, Yeti, yes. things like that. The locals are the one. And in making that comparison, say... Well, we ought to just get a monkey suit and go out there later tonight and scare them and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, 
funny you should say that. Right. Yes. <laughs> because the creature is, in fact, somebody in a, in monkey, a monkey suit. suit. <laughs> yeah. When, That's it, all it is. Wouldn't that be a great twist? They're just fucking with them, the, like right? the village. But, although, I, oh. I would like to give credit where credit's due. My note I wrote for this scene is, hey, he kept it local. These are obviously oh. local people yes. who actually work and come yes. into this bait shop or whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. These are all clearly accents of people from... Um, where are uh, we? The um, shit. Oh, what's the region <laughs> called? <laughs> oh, I can't yeah, yeah. I should have written it down. Uh, yeah. So, just I just want a little context here. So, uh, I did appreciate that. Though. Yeah. I mean, these no. Are all obviously, they local are. People. They were it's local people, like... and the 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 store owner. You know, Lockhart says we're looking for the Boggy Creek creature, and he says they ain't no such thing. You know. You can take my word for it. There ain't no monsters around here. Yes. That this is going to be important later. So that's why I'm saying it now. The people in the store are super rude, really, to them. You know, and then but Lockhart gives it right back. But it's true. I mean that, and it was true. It was totally local. And and speaking of local, and the old guys at the table, I got to say, gave great reaction jobs. Oh, without question, they gave great reactions. Yeah. Yes. So that that was very cool. And just so you know, because we're in where I believe we're in Arkansas, um, there are no people of color in this movie whatsoever, Jack. <laughs> Jack's giving me a, are you sure? Are you sure? We're in Arkansas. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No people of color whatsoever in this movie anywhere. Okay. Cause, because Arkansas. Okay. There we go. That's all. That's all I got. So yeah. guys. They're investigating Bigfoot. It's time to find Bigfoot. It's time to bring him to the world's attention. Where do you look first? A barn. A barn. <laughs> yeah. Without hobos, sad to say. Yeah, there are no hobos in this barn. Oh. And for some reason, now before this, when they before they get to the barn, um, this is important. Tim, allegedly Tim, is called Charlie at one point. So, um, and this is because... Um, and what, against us in Vietnam. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, there's a familial relationship between our main character and Tim, um, and we can talk about that later. But it it confused me because I heard Charlie, and then I heard Tim later. So yeah, and then of course to go um, investigate the barn, Charlie uh, Tim's shirt has to be off. Right? Oh, his shirt now, was off in the Jeep. Yeah. I know. And so, yeah, his, I mean, when, his shirt has to be After the football game, when they get back to the office and they're loading everything up, his shirt is already yep, unbuttoned. Yep, shirt's off. And, and y'all... Well, the shirt is unbuttoned with, with no T-shirt on underneath, so it's yeah. just bare chest. And this isn't and laser blast. in the Jeep, and then he takes the shirt off. He has his shirt off when he walks into that store. He's the Matthew McConaughey And I'm like, look... Time. No, he's I, really not. Look, he's not. I <laughs> <laughs> I I spent time in rural Alabama during the mid '80s as a kid. Yes, it is commonplace to walk around without shirts on. That's fine. But if you're going into a store, you have some decency and put a t-shirt on. Yes, and that just mm. and this and this wasn't like I mean beefcake guy. And the reason why I mention it is well, one, I was like, oh, of course he's got his shirt off. But two, it's going to come up later in the third act. Uh, for Tim, so make sure I uh, talk about that little thing going on there. But and and do we is this when they see the dead deer? 
this before okay so before they get to the barn oh it's after okay so yeah so anyway his shirt's off and they go to a barn and i'm like and i wrote this down i'm like um why are they looking in a barn if the monster's in the swamp right and so so then in this sequence here we we start to get the fact that this is like a documentary and it's going to be flashbacks this is the story that we told now that we've survived here's my documentation of what happened to us featuring a shirtless elf on the shelf indeed yes <laughs> which is another nice reference to the next movie yeah <laughs> we, we learn of the Okay, so we learn of as to why they're at the barn. In fairness, mm-hmm. uh, yes. yes, we do. The, there are three points in the story where they do this, and the the doctor relates this first encounter with the Boggy Creek creature, in which, okay, so when it does these flashbacks, it has this very strange uh, fuzzy effect it puts to a lot of the shots. Yes, everything looks like very dream sequence ass. Yeah, it's it's. Um, Basically, you just take a little dab of Vaseline, Vaseline and go around the edge of the lens on the camera. Yes. Yeah. That's what they did. Flashback sequence. It's <laughs> fancy. So it's of this farmer who walks to his barn for some reason, and then he sees this silhouette of this uh, mo- this monkey costume <laughs> standing there, which, you know what? Yeah. I'll give him props to this. It was a little creepy. Just to, like for it to cut straight away to just see the black silhouette, then you focus in on it and you're like, what? right? Uh, yeah. And then the farmer, this made me laugh. The farmer just looks at, it and then he just casually just turns around and yes. walks away. He's like, huh? That's weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Splits. Just walks off. Okay. <laughs> that Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. That's the most anticlimactic story you could have told them. And he's like, we need yeah, to investigate absolutely. because this happened. Yeah. So they get back on the road after finding nothing of consequence there. They stop when they see roadkill. Like a thousand yards away. Mm-hmm. And the Jeep is screeching and veering off the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if it's about to hit something. Mm-hmm. But it's so far away. And it's the dead deer. Yeah. And one of the students is like, Doc, what is it? It's What do you mean? What is it? It's a dead deer. It's roadkill. Who gives a shit? Hey, look. There's a rabbit, like, right across the street from my apartment right now. I'm not going to, like, get out of my car, stare at it for a little bit, ask my friends what they think it is, and then walk off. I'm going to be like, well, something got hit by the side of the road. Moving on with my day. Well, exactly. and then here is the beginning. Right here is the beginning of um, my being pissed off with this movie. They stop the Jeep. The menfolk go to investigate the roadkill, yep. but you young ladies, you stay in the Jeep. Let the men folk take care of this, all right? So here's the beginning of the tone uh, this movie takes with women. Which only gets worse. So much worse. Oh, yeah. Because we're given the information that Tanya's kind of a badass. She's smart, Mm -hmm. okay? She's a tomboy. She possibly knows how to walk around, maybe fire a gun, you know, whatever. Leslie's a complaining bitch, okay. Um, right. And and that is how the women are portrayed throughout this movie. But I had hopes for Tanya. No. Yeah. Nah, no. 
Maybe yeah. Tanya or Tanya, because I've heard her called both, and I was not. <laughs> well, we've got Tim and Charlie. Mm. It's pronounced Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with Tanya. So, yeah. Okay. So, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah. they make camp, and, you know, all that I really got uh, from this one scene. And, and in regards to the, the deer carcass, let me just say, yes. this, this, this began my trek of misery with this movie. <laughs> Is that it still looks exactly like it did when the monster at the beginning pulled it out of the lake. Right. The body looks exactly the same. I have to assume because the the movie is shit when it comes to giving us any kind of time frame whatsoever. Yes. As to how long this right. movie actually yes. how many days. Days. But I had to assume that at least two days have passed since... Yes. At least two days since we saw the creature pull the body of the deer from the lake and to them discovering it in the middle of the road. It's still missing its head, but it still looks exactly the same. And the only reason why they think that Tim thinks it might be the monster is because he says, uh, well, a small portion... Of the hind quarter has been eaten. Which what? First of all, there is no way <laughs> that this creature, which is a some sort of relative of Bigfoot, has nibbled on the hind quarter of a deer and then left the entire carcass in the middle of the road. That is correct. There is so much more food being wasted there yeah. from that aspect. On the other aspect... This should be a corpse covered in flies Ding. at this point. Yes. And not only yeah. that, but there's no purpose to this deer even being found in the first place. It just passed. No, moving that's right. Because they, just, yeah. they still go on to their location. They don't stop and investigate that area. Yeah. They, they debate how the deer got there, and then they just get back in their Jeep and keep going. Yep, that is exactly what happens. They don't even move it. Nope. So they stop to make camp at their next spot, and... All that I really got from the scene is just Doc eyeing one of his students' granny panties. Which, that was a setup for nothing. Right. Because he has no romantic connection to any of these students. Well, any of the women's students. Well. <laughs> but, it's, but, yeah, he, come, he, he gets out of his tent. He sees the, the bratty girl. Leslie. Leslie in the camper. Putting on, like, you just see her. She's, got, she's already got her complete top on. Yeah. But you just see her with her underwear, and she's pulling her shorts on. He walks out of his tent, sees that, and then just shakes his head like, oh, women. Right. And, and that's it. And I'm like, what? women in their what underwear. Was the well, this? and the thing was that she had dressed not well for camping. And so what we get about Leslie is all she cares about is um, shopping and clothes and makeup. And so she did bring some shorts, shorts to change into. And so then she changed into that outfit so she could be more comfortable. But she still had makeup on. Which begs the question, why did she come on this trip? Right. That's exactly right. There is no reason for her to be anywhere near this fucking movie. Well, no, wait, no, they explain that. They explain that. There, she mentioned <laughs> earlier that there was, like, this weird guy that had been, like, talking to her, but kind of not. And she was trying to kind of get some space in between them because it was getting a little bit too weird. You didn't catch that part earlier in the movie? <laughs> there is no reason for her to be in this fucking movie. <laughs> 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 
there is, but um, it has nothing to do with the movie at all. Because she used to be married to Dr. Lockhart, this actress. So, yeah. No, but there's no reason. But here's the thing, and this is, again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it right now. This is by far, so far, the most misogynistic movie we've watched. So we'll get to more of why, but holy fuck, this movie made me mad. So they get to another barn. Again, that's just the hot spot for finding Bigfoot, apparently. (laughs) But no hobos. No, sadly no hobo in this barn either. Enter a mad dog. And I just want to say with this, I I don't recall the dog's name, but I'm sure Adina does. So Adina... (laughs) It was a mad dog. There was no mad name. Dog. That was his name. That was his name. That's what it said that's in the credits. Mad dog. Mad dog. Mad dog. <laughs> he didn't have another name. It wasn't Rex Arkansas. Or... <laughs> We've been so good up till now on the podcast of telling us every single fucking pet's name that we've encountered. I just figured you'd know this one. There wasn't. We did. Was Mad Dog. Mad that was dog. it. That was, was it. It was nobody's pets. And, and I just want to point out the the. the, the... <laughs> Another inconsistency as far as tone goes, like with the whole switching between nature documentary and all that stuff. The travel music that they play when they're traveling from the campsite oh my to God. this house. Seriously. Sounds like the theme from Little House on the Prairie. Yes. It, yes. It there- does. I mean, it's just this... Yeah, you know, I I, I wrote oh. down we should be hearing Wichita Lineman right now. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. Which Wait, alignment? Did the Waltons? Never yeah, mind. it's fine. Anyway. It don't, it doesn't well, but matter. But later. that's the thing. But that comes up later. Actually. Yeah. Um, yes. But but seriously, that's what it sounds like. It it yes. sounds like this this pleasant little oh this is some fun music and listen yeah. how pleasant everything is going. This it is sure not does. a horror movie nope. at all. Holy fuck, man! <laughs> yeah. And this was the scariest part of the movie. I thought. I so. Agree. Yeah, a mad dog just shows up and charges at them, so they run inside the barn while the doc shoots at them. And by the way, he has apparently the aim of a fucking stormtrooper. Oh, my God. That's what I wrote down. I was like, this guy just blindly fires at everything that moves and accomplishes nothing nothing except wasting an entire box of ammo. Yep. Yep. And so they're holed up inside the house. And again, this is our first legitimate moment of tension and suspense in the movie. It's yes. just a yes. fucking dog with shaving cream on its mouth mm-hmm. trying to like That's get all it, it is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a uh, German Shepherd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Something mm-hmm. like that. And it's actually really cute. He is. <laughs> like, he's, he's a cute puppy. His name is Texarkana, by the way. So he tries to get into the window, and he's just like, hi, friends. Like, you know, the dog's just trying to play. And he's like, oh, you humans, I'm going to get you into the house. And so you see him just scoot <laughs> under the house, and it's just adorable. The, the whole scare factor is just lost to me because it's just this cute puppy with shaving cream on its mouth trying to say hi. So, hi, 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 play with me, play with me. The dog gets into the house, and... All the students run out, and the doc is trying to fire at them while telling the dog to stay. Yeah. Because <laughs> you hear him go, stay, oh stay, stay. <laughs> and he keeps shooting that the gun, dog. and he's out of bullets. Yes, he's, and he's still click, shooting click, it. Click. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. As if like, he missed a round. <laughs> Idiot. And then, and then just before the dog gets to and him. Mind you, and during this time, is like not only do we have the clicking of the, of the empty chambers of the gun, but this entire time, any time you see the dog... They have added in a clicking sound to make it sound like it's snapping its teeth. So it's like a chomp, 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 chomp. But it's like... It's... Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Every time you see the dog bark, you hear a... 
And that's supposed <laughs> to be its teeth chomping, like clicking as it chomps mm-hmm. at you. And it's so annoying. <laughs> yep. This is a great scene, y'all. So, and there was another scene where I don't know if you saw this or not. There's, a, a, believe it or not, there's a continuity error. What? Um, <laughs> what? No. No. And when they're right before. Was this actually shot in Louisiana? <laughs> well, it's covered in Texarkana, so it counts. It still counts. Um, <laughs> but there. The scene when it tries to jump through the window, and he fires like five times and completely misses, and then the dog crawls under the house. This guy, by the way, holds more where rounds t- than a where, where so-called Tim is standing in this room, <laughs> and there's two windows, one that's boarded up, one that isn't. And he is standing in front of the one that is not boarded up. That window is open. Yeah. The window is open. Like, someone has raised the window up so that it is open. But no one's looking at that window. They're looking at the boarded up window. And then when the dog jumps in and tries to get in through the boarded window, you know, it cuts to that. It cuts back to Tim. That window is now closed. closed. Yeah. It was (laughs) wide open when he walked in the room. And then we do a jump cut to the dog. And then when it cuts back, the door uh, the window is magically closed. And he never touched it. It's yeah. like that dog could have jumped in the open window. Right, exactly. Anytime. Mm. Way to go, editing. <laughs> so the the dog gets shot and mostly dead, uh, mostly killed. Oh my by gosh, Tim. Yeah. With a with a rifle that he pulled out out of his own ass, apparently. <laughs> and so the dog's dying. They split. Uh, I bet uh, no. Uh, it, mm. Wait. This this was my moment. This one, I actually had to get up and walk away. <laughs> this one upset the fuck out of me. The dog is lying in a pool of its own blood. Yep. It is breathing so hard to fight to stay alive. I don't care if it has rabies or not. The humane thing to do is put it down. Yeah. Put it out of its misery. They leave it laying there. And just, oh, well, I guess it'll just die at some point. Yep. Yeah. And they just walk away and leave it <laughs> in its own blood. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> They're Seriously? out of bullets. <laughs> they use all 70 of them trying to get it in the first place. <laughs> no, they have, they the, have rifle. the rifle. Yeah. Because the, rifle, the, the rifle is what they used to shoot it in the first place. Mm. Because Professor Fuckwit doesn't know how to aim a goddamn gun. Right. See, and that didn't Even bother me. Troopers could show this guy a thing or two. Ellen Keller could show this guy a yeah, thing Yeah, indeed. Or two. Nice. Jesus. Well played. No, and it didn't bother me, and I'll tell you why. Because it, you see it, the dog has obviously been told, trained to lay down, right? right? And there is, there is no obvious bullet point at all right but there's nothing that says that this dog has been shot except for the blood 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 on the on the floor so for me Mm -hmm. i i was so like oh this dog is just laying down (laughs) yeah right no i know no no no, i know but there was nothing about it that said to me this dog is actually dying so it didn't bother me that they just left him because i was so taken out of the movie at that point but if if it had looked like the dog had been shot stated yes yeah is it is it dead yeah and he's like no it's but it's gonna be so yeah and they left going to die yes yeah so he intentionally stated "Ah, let's just 
leave it to die. Right. Yeah. No. We don't I get know it. that it's going to die. We don't know how long it's going to take for the dog to die. If that dog has to lay there and pant and and lay in its own blood for four more hours before it finally dies, we don't know that. Right. The humane thing to do is shoot it. Right. Yeah. Make sure it's dead. Don't just leave it there. I'm just saying. So we cut back to camp where... <laughs> Which, doc- I'm sorry, you know what? Yeah. Which actually is a really good point because of how he behaves at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So And, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, this is a complete departure from what's going to happen yes. later on in the movie, yeah. which, is, which is what pissed me off even yep. more. Yep, okay. Don't yes, your point movie. taken. Yeah. Yes. So we cut back to their camp where Doc tells them about this guy named Mr. Tucker who was found dead... He was never robbed. It didn't look like anybody else had struck him in a car accident, but he was just found dead, speculating, of course, that this may have been caused by the Sasquatch. And it just, uh, after this, they start setting up sensors to try to track down the Bigfoot within their radius of camp. Okay, cool. Sadly, it wasn't as awesome as the uh, monster shark sensors. Right. But, you know, what can you hope yeah. for? That's why it's, that one's higher on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the girls are out in the middle of the woods scouting. I get or something. T- Tim and Tanya are. Tim so yeah. he's he's got these sensors set up. He happens to know what everyone weighs for some reason, Doctor Lockhart. So he's got these sensors out, and he sent Tim and Tanya out to to come into the the range, uh, the area of the sensors. So he guesses that Tanya weighs 120 pounds, and then he guesses that Tim weighs 130 pounds, and so he watches them come in on the sensors and then he makes some sort of uh you know just the the sasquatch shows up Mm -hmm. and uh he keeps putting in weights and he keeps putting in like 250 and it's not doing it and then he puts in 350 then he puts in 400 so this thing weighs 400 pounds or give or take right makes sense yeah so here's here's something. It's like okay, this thing weighs four hundred pounds, mm-hmm. but it's the skinniest person it's, in the whole wide world in a monkey suit. Yeah, it, it, he is barely bigger than Tim. Yeah, so that already doesn't track. Yeah. But um, I, I appreciated, you know, the pseudoscience behind what they were trying to do. So it appears that the creature is tracking them through the woods, and that's. When it gets tense again, that they start trying to run back to camp, I guess. Yes. And the girl who isn't Tanya, whatever her name is. Leslie. Leslie. <laughs> she She's like, run, girl, run. And Doc tries to be an action hero because he goes out in the woods and he's like, come on out. I know you're there. I smell you. <laughs> and he's like posing action hero-wise like, what are you going to do, bitch? And again, it contradicts what they're trying to set up with the tone of this movie as we get to later. Well, exactly. And, and let me... Just point out here also, because they keep making a big deal about how it's a nocturnal creature. Right. All of the nighttime scenes in this movie are filmed in broad daylight. Yep, it is true. And then they use some sort of filter to try to make it look like it's nighttime. It's very it confusing. fails miserably. miserably. I'm glad you so that, that when we get to this scene, this is all supposed to be taking place in the woods at night. It is so dark, I could not make out anything. Thank like, you. Is that a tree or right. is that the professor? Is that uh, the creature? I don't know. 
Here's the problem, is when you try to do your daytime, you film scenes in the middle of broad daylight and then use special effects, quote unquote, I'm air quoting so hard, <laughs> to make it look like nighttime, it just, it washes everything out. So you cannot tell the difference between one thing standing next to another thing. Yep. Which is especially problematic when the creature of your movie is black. Right. The entire creature is black from head to toe. Right. Its fur is black. Its eyes are black. It's, fa- I mean, everything. How the hell are you supposed to see it? Don't know. You can't. It was never clear. I had no idea what was happening during any of this sequence. Yeah. This is far and away the worst lighting in any movie I've seen yet. Yes. Oh, it's horrible. No. Yeah. I know that we have monos coming up ahead of us, but so far, right. this is... This oh, it's horrible. Yeah, the, the lighting is horrible. Yeah, and I it's horrible. The, I don't even think they used lighting, honestly. I think no. they relied purely on sun. That's why everything is filmed in the middle of the day. They and, were relying on sunlight to yep. light everything. And yep. even when they're doing the shots that are to be lighted in the daytime, like, the, for example, some of the, uh, I was about to say dream sequences, the, the flashback stories that he tells. Right. There's a couple, like, where, like, there's one later on where a guy's wearing a white shirt, and it looks like it's glowing, like he's fucking Galadriel. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because, again, because of the faded out effect of trying to present it as nighttime, as well as the Vaseline around the lens. You can't see anything. You can't see anything. I mean, it just is ridiculous. And now I want to see Galadriel fight Bigfoot. There no. you go. Oh, shit. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's all. So while they're tracking the signal in, at the camp, the lights suddenly go out, and that's when we get even worse lighting, because mm-hmm. all we see are just like little dim lights of them trying to move around, but that doesn't read on film. That No. Right. Doc comes face-to-face with the beast in the woods, literally. Just the beast's face. You can barely see it. And Doc tries to trank it. But before he does, he says, talk to me. Oh, my God. It's like, fuck you, movie. You're way too far. You're yeah. way too far down the rabbit hole to be pulling that kind of shit out. No. Yeah. yeah. So he tranked it. And then that was it. Yeah. And it just walks off. It doesn't yeah. even work. They, <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't try to bring it in. They're not studying it. I mean, it's, oh, my gosh. It's the worst. It. Yeah. But I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all good. They all survived the night. And. We cut to the next day where Doc is telling the kids about a charming little story about a portly man taking a shit looking at porn. It wasn't porn. It was the Sears catalog. catalog. (laughs) I don't know what he was doing with it. The the underwear section. Oh, my God. Kids, kids, let me tell you something. In in, uh, 1985, (laughs) that's what we did. This there was a, a thing. No, 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 there no, no, was no, no, a no. thing called Sears Roebuck. This is a fucking adult. This is a grown ass man. And there is, uh, <laughs> and they had a catalog. They did. Real big, thick catalog. Yeah. It had everything known to man that you could order. You didn't even have to go to the store, ladies and gentlemen. You could order it from the catalog, and they would mail it to you in forty six weeks. This podcast brought to you by Sears. That Sears Robux. was the Amazon of our day. It was. It so was. Yeah. That's what we had to oh deal my God. with. Now, in this Sears Robux catalog, they had everything. And I mean <laughs> everything. Including the underwear section, which had models wearing a bra Bras, and panties, panties. And lacy frilly things. <laughs> That's, you had to get your kicks where you could. Oh, my God. And that's what this grown man is doing. And while he's right. doing so, apparently he gets uh, ambushed by the beast, which we don't actually see. 
But his right. response is not fear, not to literally shit more, but to whack it with said Sears Roebuck magazine. <laughs> and, then, and then it gets even better because his wife comes out when she hears the ruckus and the beast is gone. And his response is, damn, Nir- <laughs> damn Myrtle, I thought it was you. <laughs> so he's insinuating that this giant, ugly, hairy beast was his wife. And... Point number two, mm-hmm. why this movie is so goddamn misogynistic. So Myrtle and Oscar, who are very much in my running for Hobos in a Barn as a team, by the way. Sure. So, um, because Myrtle you didn't is in... You the best part, by the way, is that in his reaction to whatever is, whoever is attacking the... Out, this is an outhouse, by the way. We didn't yes, mention that either. Right, it's an outhouse. He's in an outhouse. He has... All right, kids, back in the day... <laughs> Along with our Sears Roebuck. We did not have indoor plumbing. We had to go to the outhouse, which was a separate shack out in the backyard, to do your business. Yep. And that's what he's doing. He goes out to the outhouse. The attack happens. He jumps up. And in the process of jumping up, when he comes back down, one of his legs goes into the actual toilet area yes. of the outhouse. So he has so he's to got be one leg in, one leg out. So he has to be hosed down. So his wife has to hose him down when he finally gets his leg free from the muck. That's right. So yeah, so Myrtle, the first time we see Myrtle, she's got her hair in curler, she's wearing a muumuu and she's smoking a cigarette. And she is the most shrewish woman we've met so far. Okay. So she I wrote, why is was his wife so mean? Um, and then I wrote later, because right after this, we get more whining from Leslie and Tanya. I wrote, why are all the women so whiny and mean? Every woman in this movie is treated as if she is a shrew. Every single one. Mm-hmm. There is nothing of redemption in any of these women. In any woman that we see in this film at all, they are all treated like whiny, bitchy bitches. And this movie can fuck itself. Rant over. Thank you. <laughs> no, there'll be more later. Uh, there, there will. I just, I, I'm like, really... Uh, oh, my God. It made me so mad. So they meet up later with one of their next leads, this uh, police officer. They're meeting with him in a diner, and he relates to them another story. So it immediately another flashback. And this was uh, the one I was referring to with the guy with the white shirt that was glowing. Yeah. It's a, this weird bearded guy. He gets out of his car, and while he's around in the corner of this farmhouse, he gets piggybacked by a midget Sasquatch. Yes. 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 <laughs> Hurls it off of him, and then... He just sees that, and the other one just walk away, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and he got stitches. Mm-hmm. And, but this scene's important because he actually gives us a substantial lead, a significant mm-hmm. lead, mm-hmm. for their case, which is Old Man Cranshaw. He's coming up. Now, here we get our scene that I'm no piss you off, Adina. Yeah, because Leslie's putting on makeup. Yes. And the, she asked Tanya, do you have my blush? What do you mean, why would I have your blush? Yeah, you brought makeup. You idiot. And then, and, but then, what's his name? Lockhart leaves. 
and and he says he's like i can't remember why he leaves um he and tim are gonna go do something and they're and tanya's like are you gonna give us a rifle he's like you wouldn't know what to do with it so okay so you're gonna leave the women unprotected so again you were right I was going to get mad again. <laughs> oh, no, so, no. Okay, you're right. So yeah, so, okay, so not only are they useless, but you're okay with letting them die. Fuck you. Yeah, yes. And one more thing. There was a, there's something that he keeps talking about with the, with the Boggy Creek creature that it is um, odiferous. Oh, that it leaves behind a certain the, Okay, yeah. is he saying emits... Or admits, because every time he says the word emit, I think he's saying admits. Well, it's because of his accent from... Um, from, Lu- where uh, are we? Serbia. Kansas. <laughs> We're in Serbia. Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. Kansas. So anyway, so this fucking doctor Marshall doesn't Warner. even know how to use English. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Anyway. So they get their car stuck in the mud. Wait, no, no, wait. Whose car? So what happens? No, 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 no. That's right. So Tim and Lockhart leave. Okay. Leslie, because she's a shrew, she's like, I want to get out of here. Let's go. Because I want to go shopping because I put on some makeup. So Tanya, why don't you get the Jeep? <sighs> so they take the Jeep, which is the only mode of transportation anybody's got. So basically Correct. the women are out. Mm-hmm. They're bailing. Leslie's mm-hmm. bailing. Well, we got to talk about the, some, some of the shit they say here because this yes. drove me up a fucking wall. Oh, this, yes. uh, this entire this, scene. This whole scene. There's a moment where they're talking about trying to get out of the mud yes. when they're stuck. Yeah. And they're saying, one of them says, and I can't remember which one it was. I just, dumb woman one, dumb woman two. <laughs> they say, there's a winch out front. And the other one says, why didn't you mention that earlier? And the other one says, you didn't ask. And then furthermore... They get the winch, and it has instructions on how to use it. Best students in my ass that can't even fucking read. Right. Well, and they they had to get the manual to turn to put the jeep in four wheel drive. So the winch on the front, they don't realize for like another four hours. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, the, 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 the first one did. She just didn't tell the other one because she didn't ask. Hey, is there a winch on the car? By this was one this, of the worst. It, because this scene. we're we're supposed to infer that these two are friends. These right. are friends, okay? And the way they no, speak no. to each other is so horrible. They are they fight, they don't even try to compromise, they don't try to do anything. And it it was like uh, oh my gosh, it is the it is, it is the worst scene. However, having said that, this movie would actually pass the Bechtel test. Now the Bechtel test was uh, pretty recent, Bechtel. but it's it's a test that um, for movies and television when there are there is more than one woman in a movie, and if they are having a conversation, if they do not talk about men, right. then it passes this test. Okay, this whole scene. They never talk about men. Leslie and Tanya never talk about men throughout the whole film. So as misogynistic as it is, it would pass this fucking test. Fuck you, movie. God damn it. And then, oh, oh my God. And they, it, there's no, this, it, it just shows me what the writer and the director, again, feel about women in general and in 
particular. Luckily, this Tarantino-worthy dialogue is <laughs> Don't even. Our Sasquatch shows up again. Well, sort of. You can't fucking see it still. But the girls just get back to camp by lazily walking because we see them on the scanner, and it's just them walking in a yeah. When they face. finally, when they finally make it back to the campsite, which miraculously they find which, their way back. When before they said, "Well, how would we find our way back? We don't know where we are." Yes. So they find their way back. They meet, and and then Tim and 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 Lockhart are mad about the other night because the girls scared them, and so Can we talk about that really quickly. Yes. This is the part where I question their entire relationship because, like, while they're having this. this this, uh, this run-in with the Bigfoot creature. We, we cut back to Doc's office, and it's him, like, studying over papers. His shirt's open a little bit. Tim is, like, draped, like, seductively <laughs> across his cot with his shirt off, of course. Yes. Yeah. Looking longingly at his mentor. I'm not saying anything happened or didn't happen. I'm just saying that there's a lot of post-coitus vibes I'm getting from this. Well, Which and is, even when and even when they finally when they see the two dots on the radar and yeah. he and the professor is like, "Oh, that this has got to be the girls." And he's like, "How do you know?" He's like, "Oh, just watch them the way they're slowly moving, you know, back in." And it was like and so Tim starts to get up, and I think the professor tells him like, "No, get back on the bed." Yeah. yeah. Was like, he's like, "Don't worry, they're taking their time, so can we." Yeah. Yeah, he, he tells him, "Get back on the bed." Right. And I'm not done with and the you. actors, the oh, actors okay. in this, yeah. those two are father and son, y'all. So yeah. take that with what you will. I'm just saying. So yeah. So but then the girls come back and they tell the doctor that they've seen the creature, and he proceeds to tell them he doesn't believe them. Fuck. You! Because they're women. They don't know. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> oh, I'm going to come across he's, this he's room so bad. He's, he's going to act this way as payback for taking the Jeep and getting it stuck, which he right. already assumes happened. He's like, well, of course you did. I knew right. that. Too. Yeah. We're so, drivers, like, am I right? well, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. Yeah. So just, like, oh, sure you did. Yeah. yeah. Blah, so blah, Leslie blah. says she saw it, and then he says, so Tanya, did you see it? And she's like, yeah. And so when Tanya says that she saw it, then it's okay. But you're not even but sure. But then it's immediately followed by yet another monologue, a voiceover, where he says, it's not that I didn't believe them. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Yes. Okay, so can we talk about the lake scene? Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that a yes? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, it happens next, so we have to. <laughs> so we get to like this lake, and it's just recorded footage of some, like a bunch of strangers as kids. Because there's no way that these are all actors that were paid for this production. God. No. And they're, kids they're going after Crenshaw. That's, this is why they go to the lake. They're going to yeah. go find old man Crenshaw. And there's just a bunch of Well, this is there. actually the river. Right, but so this now, is this so is why they're, they're going there. Actual river, yes. And they've got to go up the river about three miles or so to get to the to Crenshaw. To get to Crenshaw, yeah. yeah. And we get this scene where we just see bubbling under the water, moving slowly towards the... Very similar to what we saw at the beginning when the monster killed the deer. And it just keeps dragging out longer. Oh my and god. And then they start playing a rip off of the Jaws theme. Mm-hmm. 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 And then he gets there. Yep. The bubbles. And then it surfaces in front of people with this kid wearing this stupid ass green mask and he just says Jaws! Yeah. Because we didn't get the reference enough with the music. It's he a- literally jumps out of the water and says Jaws! I must have fallen asleep. <laughs> See, there's you must have, because at that point, I, was yeah, like, um, I, had, I had already taken like 10 breaks. <laughs> trying to, to get through this. To ensure that I did not fall asleep. This is why I had like eight cups of coffee while watching it, because, oh my God. Yeah. 
And when I got to the, this was another moment where I had to pause and walk out and get some more coffee yeah. and explain to my wife, I'm going to kill myself if this movie does not end <laughs> soon. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't even. Yeah. Okay. So it's from here that Tim decided, or Charlie, whatever the fuck you want to call him at this point, Arkansas <laughs> boy, uh, decide to, he decides to get on a jet ski and go for a little bit of a ride. It wasn't one of them, though. It was some random no, dude. Some random okay. Yeah, it was no, no, some random all, guy. They, they go up to the. They rent a boat. <laughs> they have to rent a boat guy. to go up the river from to this get guy. to the Crenshaw place. Yeah. This guy says, "Well, you, we got. I got one. I can rent you for five bucks it's an, an hour. hour. Or I got a. I got one uh, for twenty-five bucks for the entire day, fully furnished." I was like, oh, oh. Well, 25 bucks for a boat rental that's fully furnished. That sounds nice. This is going to be like a pontoon or something that he could be. <laughs> no. no. It is this tiny ass little trawler that that <laughs> someone would go out into the middle of a lake and yeah. pick a couple of fish and then bring it back. There's no fully furnished. There's no fully furnished. No, by, no. by fully furnished, he means it has a motor on it. <laughs> Well, and then and then because that's it, that's all it has, right? So Lockhart asks him, "How far is Crenshaw's place?" Mm-hmm. And the, this guy who's selling this boat, which which will make my point, your point about the fully furnished, mm-hmm. he says, <laughs> "How the crow flies, or by boat? How the boat flies?" And it's yeah. like, what he do you just think? asked if he could rent a boat, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Do you know where the Crenshaw place is? Well, everybody who lives on this river knows the knows, Crenshaws. Right. And I was like, well, well how, how long? How, how <laughs> far? far away is it? As the crow flies or by boat? Well, I don't know, jackass. <laughs> so, while this one dude is riding this weird ass jet ski thing, oh my he, God. he remembers uh, mid ride that uh, the part in the script where it said that he had to fall off. That he has to fall off. Oh so my God. He, he doesn't. Just he just falls off. The he jet stands ski. up, looks down, see where he's going to hit, and he goes, ah, and falls over. And, then, and there's no reason for it. There's no he's reason just, for he's it. Just like, and can I just say, before he falls off, he circles. So all of our team now are in this boat heading for the Crenshaws. He circles around the boat on this jet ski, and they are all looking at him like this is the greatest invention man has ever yes. made. My ass. They're just like, <laughs> they're just so, their mouths are wide open. They're just like, Oh, look at that. Oh. And see, I, I say my ass I'm because like, you've never seen a jet ski before? Clearly well, they had not. Old, yeah. Well, it is Arkansas. I never yeah. seen, <laughs> Wait, <was> where? <laughs> I never seen a fucking jet ski without a safety stop before. <laughs> Specifically Texas Arcana. <laughs> I'm but no, yeah, seriously, I'm no expert on the uh, the safety features, more so the history of of jet skis. Of jet but skis. If you fall off a fucking jet ski, it's it not going to keep drifting away from you. No, this one, the motor was like still going. Yes, it, it was still around yeah. down the river. And I think it was supposed to be like we're thinking that the creatures in the water, mm-hmm. but because we because see we see him the bubbles and we it. see that but. that point of view mm-hmm. from that, but. It's not established. It was the, he just falls off. There, there's nothing. The only thing scary about it is the music yeah, that right. says to us, "Oh, this is a thing right now." But it wasn't a thing at all. No, because we all. never saw if the monster was actually in the water, right, or not. And he just right. swims away. Finally, catches up with his jet ski after. 30 excruciating seconds of him just swimming as fast as he can. And this is why I thought it was Tim, because he gets away. I just would have figured if it was just some, like, random white no, dude. No, Tim's in the boat. Would have been, well, yeah. 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 
They're all in the boat. Yep. Okay, I mean, it makes sense. It's just it's like why not just kill him if he's just some know, average it's, it's dude? Right. It's just random scene yeah. that uh, ultimately makes no has sense. Nothing to yeah. do with anything. And so after the scene ends, immediately after we get the cheery narration bullshit again. Of yep. Course. And then they get to Crenshaw's place. And let me just say, starting out, that I wouldn't exactly call Crenshaw. Old? old? No. No. This guy was not old, but oh, I look, it's sure middle-aged Crenshaw. I sure did oh, like him. <laughs> at the end of the narration, you know, at the end of the nature documentary narration, as they're going up this river and showing scenes of the wildlife and how beautiful it is and all that stuff, they finally get there, and there's just like an old tree that's fallen in the water or something, and there's a boat tied off to it, and the boat says the word Crenshaw on the side of it. So our intrepid gang, as they're pulling up to it, there's like, oh, this must be the place. They don't say anything except the narration ends. We see them pulling in to, to, to tie up. And in another voiceover, because it wasn't recorded live in the boat, he just says, Crenshaw. <laughs> because oh my God. once again, this guy is so full of himself. Right. That he actually feels it necessary to say the name Crenshaw, even though we see it. It's right there. Painted right on the side of that boat. It's right there. And and it's not, oh, this must be the place. Or, hey, guys, I think we're here. It's Crenshaw. <laughs> this guy's such a dick. Jesus. Let's talk yeah. about Crenshaw. Anyway. Oh, Crenshaw. You want to open on this one, Adina? I, you know what? I loved this guy. Um, was he the one? Was you he, you know what? I'm gonna, I, we're going to talk about my hobo in okay. a barn because there was a... I, I I was conflicted about this, so but Crenshaw is your typical one shoulder on overalls, mm -hmm. big guy, not old. Okay, no, he's I don't not. I don't know why they called him old man Crenshaw because he's not old, y'all. No, he looks like an unemployed Larry the Cable guy. Yeah, he does with he, a big red Cable beard. Right I mean, yeah, he looks like uh, what forties, thirty, forties. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No, no older than No, that. oh no. Definitely not. No older than... Yeah. Yeah, no older than... I mean, he's like, crusty, but... He's crusty, but he's not old. So no. so that was a disconnect for me. So, but he comes in, and he's the only person in this whole movie that that appreciates the women for being women, okay? Now, I'm not saying that that is a good thing, that he ogles the women... And, you know, wants to do them. Okay? Yes. <laughs> okay? But he comes in, and he starts flirting with the women. And this is why I wanted to make a point of Tim and his shirt. Because it, at the beginning of the scene, Tim's shirt is on. But when he sees Crenshaw, and Crenshaw starts making whoopee with the girls, Tim takes his shirt off. I think he tried to do a power play and be like, I I, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, oh, Tim, okay, you're trying to be big man on campus here. And Crenshaw, of course, doesn't give a fuck. But he was the only guy who felt natural to me as far as acting goes. Um, and he was so true to his character the whole time. No, the, I, I, well, uh, uh, with regards to the vernacular, yes, like he, yes, like yeah, the way you know, he spoke. I mean, it was like I wrote down one of his, like, yeah, boy. Or, if yeah. you come down here to study me, you better be prepared to stay for a while. So, like, I loved the way he spoke. Yes, that made me super happy. Me I really uh, so that. that that I really liked a lot. 
I'll weigh in on Crenshaw towards the end of the yeah. film. <laughs> we see Tim's first real shirt that he's worn this entire adventure. Right. Yeah. And it's fucking product placement. It's for Levi's. Is it? Is it I didn't really? even see. Yeah. I didn't notice. Him like I, my eyes were so glazed over at this point. Yeah. I can't believe you. Like, no, uh, it, it, it took me out of it because I was like, whoa, he's wearing a shirt. Oh, it's, it's an advertisement because this movie <laughs> needed money, apparently. <laughs> oh, ah. I seriously do not think that they asked, 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 oh, I didn't say I think asked for permission <laughs> to wear a brand name shirt in this movie. I really don't but think they did. When you see it, it's a clean shirt, it's just like, bam, Levi's. This, this movie was made for like $6. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is, plus 25 to rent the boat. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is, is that he didn't get that shirt from... Crenshaw, because I think it would have been dirty. Oh, oh no, yeah. no, no, not at all. No, no, no. That didn't come from his closet. Yeah, absolutely so, not. And it's while they're talking that uh, Crenshaw hands them some chaw, and Tanya, of all people, takes some. Yes. And then he starts to hit on her, because that's the kind of woman that he's into, the one there who can go. take what she's offered. And, and they know. learn the creature's been bothering Crenshaw for some time now. Mm-hmm. And in light of this, they decide to stay the night because there's a storm coming. Now, this, they do establish here they do not trust Crenshaw. He's kind right. of a suspicious, a suspicious guy, which, understandable. It's that night that Crenshaw pulls the doc aside and he says, Hey, I got something to show you that ain't nobody ever seen before. <laughs> and he takes him into his bedroom and then leads... <laughs> the end! No, no, I'm, no only... there's, there's more, there's more. Dang it. <laughs> and so he, he reveals that he actually has the midget assassin. The baby. Watch. Uh, we, I think we assume it's the a kid. Yeah, we have to assume yeah. that it's the, so the, yeah. the the child creature. We have to assume because almost the movie dead. Doesn't tell us. <laughs> and then it's here that the doc includes that the adult creature is being so uh, is attacking everyone because it's hunting for its child, which you know makes sense. And that's when things just go batshit nuts. Yes. Yep. Because Doc gets a gun and then just holds him up at gunpoint. And you know what? I'll give Crenshaw this. He's completely passive this entire time. He's just like, what? Yeah. You really going to do this to me? Uh, well, all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he's telling him to like give him the gun back and shit like that. But sure. you know, yeah. he's pretty calm about all this, all things considered. So the adult creature interrupts all this. And the doc basically comes in and gives the creature its child back. And then right. the creature just fucks off. Don't know where it goes. It doesn't come back right. to retribution. doesn't try to kill Crenshaw nothing. Nope. Uh, let's see. So Crenshaw then goes outside and then just tries to shoot the creature, only to find out that his bullets have been swiped by Doc. Okay. So he sits on the porch and then just con- contemplates life. And the next morning, he's completely changed his mind for absolutely no reason other than the movie needs to end. Yeah, yeah so he gives him his bullets back. That's why I call Bullshit on Crenshaw, though. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's one of the more interesting characters in the movie, but he just completely changes his mind for absolutely no reason. He's like, well, yeah. you done diddled me. I guess I'm a good guy now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Throws, in, throws in the shotgun shells, and then we switch back to nature documentary mode. Yeah. Yes. As we get as we get another narration about, well, maybe we just need to leave the swamps as they are, and it's, maybe there's a reason that the wildlife should be protected. And he, yep. Yay, he, nature. He says. He says. Uh, speaking about the creature. Yeah. Lockhart, at the end, he's a part of nature living in harmony in one of America's last great wildernesses. So this was basically a love poem to America. Yeah. It's it's a propaganda movie disguised as 
an exploitation film. Right. And yes. it, it doesn't do anything successfully. I mean, there are pretty scenes that, like, I, well, I have an appreciation for nature, it's just boring. but it's boring. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's but, it. Um, but that's it. So, yeah. So, we have that narration. As he's walking back, they get in the boat to go back wherever. And then we cut to a scene more swampland. And then we see the monster with baby monster walking into the sunset right. across the wheat fields. And, and then we have music that sounds eerily like the Waltons theme. This is yes, where this is where we in. get the Waltons. This and then, sounds like and the then we're done. theme song as they're walking off into the sunset. And I'm watching this and all I can think is they're going to owe that guy another 25 bucks. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> they kept it for longer than a day. They did. They kept the boat. And that's the end of the movie. And, and it ends it. on a vapid-ass outro and that's it. So yep. let's take a quick break and we'll come back with some trivia. Okay, we're back. So trivia-wise, what do you guys have on this one? Any good dirt? Oh, Jesus. Oh, well, okay, fine. So Charles B. Pierce? Yeah, let's talk about him. Okay, let's talk about Charles B. Pierce. So this is the guy who um, directed... uh, Did he write it? Yeah. So he wrote and directed it, and he played Lockhart, y'all. So this guy... Oh, my God. (laughs) And produced it, didn't he? And produced it, it, yeah. It was written, produced, and directed by. Yeah. Easily the and Tommy Wiseau also, of 85. And then yeah. he also starred in it. He well. stars in it. His son, Char- Chuck Pierce, is in it, who plays Tim. So this is why we got so that's that. That's why they called him. At one point. Oh, that's what Yeah. So at one point, Chuck, Charlie, calls his dad Pop in the movie. So there are two moments where we get this father-son thing that happens. The woman who plays Leslie was married to Charles at some point. Okay, so the, there is so much ego. It, the, he, it is so terribly written. It is so terribly directed. There is, n- I, you know, the only good thing I can say about this movie is the Bechtel test. Um, yeah. Could I, could I put out a theory in regards to the casting of this? Yes. Now that you brought all this to light. My guess is that he couldn't find anybody else to be in a shitty fucking movie except for the people <laughs> in his close circles. Mm-hmm. His really close circles, as in his ex-wife and his son. Right. Well, and then they, they sort of um, play up the woman who played Tanya as some sort of star. Yeah. But I'd never heard of her. No. Serena somebody. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and apparently the original title was The Barbaric Beast of Bobby, Boggy Creek Part 2. The Part Barbaric two. Beast, yeah. So, and I also... I, I uh, looked this up, too, and found out that this guy, Charles B. Pierce, to his credit, considered this his worst movie. Yeah. To his credit. And I would agree with him, having not seen any of his others. Well, and, and that's the thing, is that this is... He made the original movie, because this is a sequel. Right. It's a part two. He made the original movie, like... Let's see. What was it? So, like, 13 years before. Wow. 72 was The Legend of Boggy Creek. Okay. And then someone else made a sequel called Boggy Creek 2 that he was not involved with. Return of Boggy Creek. And that movie was just crucified. It's horrible. And so he... 
decided, no, if you're going to make a sequel, it needs to be an actual sequel, so I'm going to do an actual sequel. He made this movie as a response to that one and still called it Boggy Creek 2. So there are technically two, two. Boggy Creek 2s, <laughs> but this is supposedly the official one since he did the first one. This is his official sequel, even though it's technically the third movie. <laughs> And here's where it gets weird. Oh, wait. <laughs> here's gets where it her. gets weird. Yeah. We have had two recent sequels to this movie show up in the past within the past decade. Mm-hmm. We got a movie called Boggy Creek, The Legend is True in 2010 and The Legacy of Boggy Creek in 2011. Made for TV, never in theaters. Oh, good. So but we don't have to watch them. These sequels came out <laughs> decades later. Wow. Oh, yeah. Why? I, why? I have no. I, you know what? I can only theorize with this is that the this movie, Boggy Creek Two, and mm. the Legend Continues, was gained enough success, or at least attention, from MST3K that they said, "Hey, let's try to make this right." Yeah. I got, having never seen it, I can't say. I don't know because the tra- the posters for it look awful. Don't care. Now yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The, Charles V. Pierce is responsible for a good horror movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh. Have you ever seen nope, this? Mo- I, I have you've, you've probably seen the poster for it. Oh, that, that looks was, scary as fuck. Well, it is. It's actually a really good movie. Um, yeah. But he, he is actually responsible for that, and he made that one uh, four years after the original Boggy Creek movie. Okay. Because this was 76. Yes. Is he in it? That is a good question. I don't believe he is. Because I don't want to see it if he's in it. He is, God but damn not it. as one of the main characters. Oh, okay. He's just like one of the patrol officers. Okay. He's a Hitchcock. Gotcha. He's, he's doing his cameo. He's doing his cameo. He's doing his yeah, Stan but Lee. It's, but it's, a, it's, it's set in uh, Texas, I think. What? Yeah. It's a nineteen forty six Texas. It's basically it's loosely based on a true story about a serial killer that terrorized this small town. Oh, and he wore a hood. Ooh, okay. Did it say Texas? And on so it? it's the it's, so it's the <laughs> cops trying to track him down and find you know. Okay, it out. so we can recommend that. So, and, and it's and it's pretty. It's I mean it's a decent horror film. Yeah. Do uh, not under any good. circumstances watch so Boggy Creek Two. This is a vanity project. This movie. And he wrote Sudden Impact. What? No kidding. Yes. Huh. Dirty Harry. Wow. Okay, Charles B. Pierce. So he, he let's give credit where credit's due. He is responsible for some good stuff. It would, it would make me want to revisit Sudden Impact to mm-hmm. see how women are treated in it. Well... Because I, I know I've seen it, but it's yeah. So so again, I'm going to probably have that continuing problem sure. with Mr. Charles B. Pierce. But there, it's good to know that there was some, there is clearly some talent there. Yes, in some respect. Yeah. Arkansas. That said, moving along to best line, worst line. <laughs> I got a best one. This is from Crenshaw when he has to light the fires to keep the big uh, boggy creature from coming to get the little one. He said, Lord have mercy, I got to get to my fires. (laughs) (laughs) 
was so good. Zip, what do you have? Um, this was the the one moment where I thought, oh shit, someone's growing a backbone. That Tanya, yeah, um, who was who has been established as she's going to be just as rough and ready as the guys are on yep. this trip. That's been established from the beginning, and it constantly undercut. As the film progressed, but in the scene that you mentioned earlier, before they go off and leave the women alone, um, uh, he or she says, "Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave us the rifle?" And he says, "You wouldn't know what to do with it, even if I did." Which, yes, horrible line. But yeah. she then shoots him the biggest go to hell look, even under her sunglasses, and says. Wanna bet? Yeah. And at that moment, I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Somebody just grew a backbone. Yeah. Now Tanya is going to start kicking ass. And it never happens. And this is immediately followed by the Jeep scene, which is one of the worst scenes ever written yep. for women in the history of film. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Without question. Yeah. Which completely undercuts any credibility yeah. that they might have just established. That with is correct. That character yeah it just i was so disheartened by the jeep scene but yeah that line i was like hell yeah sister's doing it for herself yeah so the wanna bet line was my favorite line in the whole movie (laughs) but unfortunately it didn't go it didn't go anywhere my best line was damn myrtle i thought it was you (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's a little offensive but here's the thing it's it was a moment of levity in an otherwise boring ass movie, a it boring was. ass scene, and I was like, "All right." I mean, it made me chuckle because it just yeah, the that may have been my favorite scene. The relationship, I guess, made me laugh because like she didn't like kick his ass or anything for it. She's like, "What? Whatever," you yeah. know. So that that was my favorite. Uh, Adina, what'd you have for your worst line? Uh, apparently, Tim was drawing the Sasquatch. Yeah. Right. He was drawing it. He was sketching it, and he shows it to oh, yeah. the girls. And Leslie goes, ew. Tanya says, I think it's sexy. Yeah. That's the worst line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 She's just doing it yeah. because she's a horribly written character. <laughs> yeah. uh, my worst line, uh, and I'm, I, I want any, any aspiring screenwriters who may be listening to this podcast, I want to tell you right now, I'm going to give you this line, and some of you may go, Ah, well, you know, that's just one of those lines. People use it often. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stick out your hand. Stop it. When Professor Fuckstick is talking to the sheriff's deputy to get information on what happened to him, the guy that got attacked because of the dead fish, anyway... After he tells him the story, the professor says, is there anything else you can think of? Maybe some details you might have forgot? Yeah. Mm, No. No. (laughs) Because he forgot them! (laughs) Yeah. So, listen... Never use the phrase, can you tell me anything you may have forgotten? (laughs) Never use that line of dialogue ever. 
ever. <laughs> it's the stupidest goddamn thing you can say to a person, especially someone who may have forgotten something. It kills me. <laughs> I've seen so-called thrillers, I'm air-quoting so hard, where they ask people with amnesia, is there anything you can remember? No, because they have amnesia. <laughs> a medical condition which prevents their brain from recalling facts. No, they don't remember. You fucking moron. You know something, Zip? You were ugly when you were angry. I, I love am. it. So, yeah. I've already gone about my worst line. It was the whole wench conversation when they oh my God. to yeah. put, put that together in the Jeep to get yeah. themselves out. So... Stupid. Set them back. Well, there's a winch on the front. Well, why didn't you tell me that before? Because well, didn't, didn't ask. Yeah. 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 And well, she didn't know how to the use instru- it. Which they just read four hours before to learn how to put it into four-wheel drive. Yeah. Fuck you, Charles oh, B. Pierce. Jesus. <laughs> Drinking game. Scene. Every time a woman whines or complains. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh, no, that would be tantamount to saying drink every time a Charles B. <laughs> fuckface. <laughs> Thinks he's goddamn Indiana Jones. Yes. Because that's how he acts through his whole fucking Oh my God, it's so bad. God's gift to everything. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is, well, I knew that was going to happen. Well, I know what's going to happen. Well, I'm confident in everything I do. Oh my God. And his delivery. Every time. And it's horrible. It was horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So. And I don't care if it's his son or not. Tim. Chuck, whatever the fuck your name is, put on a goddamn shirt. <laughs> yes, thank you. You are not attractive. You are not sexy. You are skin and bones. <laughs> yes. Put on a shirt. Thank you. Thank you, Zip. Ugh. Yes. And then that said, what did they do right? The cinematography, I, for the most part, yeah. Right. Yeah. is good. Yeah. For a nature well, documentary. I mean, the lighting? Mm. No, the lighting, not the lighting is not good because I don't think they used actual Lights. lighting at all. They used everything they could rely on. For the from sunlight, they couldn't even bought a paint light from Home Depot. Uh, something, a floodlight, something yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. have been better than what they had. Um, I mean, I, I put for my pluses that it wasn't I, a cash grab. I mean, because like no, the, it was the movie was made with a with a genuine intent. It was to tell this message, not because like, hey, we if, want to make money off of this property. And right? I th- they should. Yeah, if that was the intent, they should have just done that. There was there was no sense in trying to tie in the whole legend of Boggy Creek right. monster thing into it because ultimately the monster has nothing to do with anything. Right. If they it's had just, just a means of getting the characters from one point to another, yeah. it's not about the monster, it's about nature in general. And if they had just done a documentary about nature, I think they would have been wildly successful. Like yeah. just pictures and and talking about the wildlife and showing those things, which those did. were beautiful. I mean, now, now, granted, you know, I mean, it, it was it was obviously very low budget. Yes, um, they they filmed with what they had available, and so the quality is not great, but you can see the intention behind the shots. It yes, is, it is a it is a well shot film. Um. Uh, grainy though it may be, just because of decades of copying from whatever they filmed in to to VHS to DVD or whatever, it's it's right. lost a little bit along right. the way. Something right. in, lost in transa- translation, but it's still. If they had just stuck with the nature documentary aspect of it and just made instead of making it the Boggy Creek monster or whatever, just. Kept along the lines of, you know, hey, there are, are alligators or whatever that have started eating people because we keep fucking with their home. 
Right. That's the same story. Right. You know, you just why even bother putting somebody in a cheap ass gorilla costume? And making them hide in the shadows where we can't see them. I mean, you know, we just can't get the message right in all those films like Birdemic did. Oh, we hadn't even gotten to that one. That's way down the line. Oh, uh, Adina, you have no idea. Speaking of judgment, (laughs) Zip, Yes, we could use your final say on this one. Oh, the flaming cinematic (laughs) turned me to... Oh, the French. Uh, <laughs> if, anyone know that reference? <laughs> Google it! It's, it's not that the movie is particularly bad. It just doesn't do anything well. Yeah, so if we were going to rate it as far as misogyny goes... Oh, off, yeah. the, off, the, <laughs> off the charts. Yeah. No question about it. But just as a movie uh, uh, of its time... I mean, this was, what, 85? Yep. Ugh. You know, even even for eighty five, it's still not a great film. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's just it, it's like I've said about some movies before. It's it's not particularly bad. It's just not good. It's boring. Yeah. It could have been like forty five minutes long and still told the exact same story and cut out all the bullshit. Agreed. But because of the the rampant misogyny, does not help anything. I'm just going to keep it middle of the road and go three on this one. And there you have it. Well, folks, that is another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Did you guys have any closing thoughts on this one? Fuck this movie. Yeah. With a steel hammer. Yeah. (laughs) With a long handle? Yeah, with a long handle. (laughs) Used primarily for uh, uh, uranium. And that's it for another episode of It Came From The Bottom. Once again, I am Jack. I'm Zip. I'm Adina. And as usual, we are brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Next time, Santa with Muscles.
Arkansas.